have I got a story for you. This serviceman overcame hanging with the wrong crowd, making hella poor choices, all because he didn't want that type of legacy to stain his mother's name after she had passed away. But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is that cute, quaint corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original things, like merchandise, you had no idea existed. Most people, including you, I would hope that you, as a listener, are a person, if you identify that way, and are being honest, are searching screen after screen, hoping to come across something new. Something that shouts out to you. Something that speaks to your soul. Well, my friends, Wi-Fi and 5G now allow you to shop and obtain all of the items created by Andre that you've never seen before and will surely speak to your soul. We're talking about literature, clothing, paintings, prints, accessories, music, poetry, or any custom gift that you kind of know what you want, but kind of aren't able to make it tangible and just need some creative genius like Andre, who is a freelance creator, to make it happen. All you got to do is message him. Go to andrepsyche.com and let your spirit guide you because each and every item has a story behind it that will speak to you. Nothing is made. Everything is created on andrepsyche.com. We're also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. Please do me a favor. Take a moment right now and push the subscribe button on Apple or Spotify, whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Your subscriptions, your follows, your listens really do make a difference in our search for sponsorship. And while you're at it, can we please get past seven ratings on Apple? It's a little sad at this point. I'm starting to get a complex. Also, if you haven't already, friend, follow the pod. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Search us up. It's getting the number two, no, the letter U, pod. And finally, yes, as I have mentioned maybe like a minute ago, we are looking for sponsors. So if you or someone you know has a business or brand, much like Andre, and would like to expand your market globally, please consider partnering with the Getting to Know You pod. We get to know people from all around the world. This podcast has now been downloaded in 24 different countries and the majority of states in America. So if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. Our sponsorship rates are extremely reasonable and we would love to partner with you. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. On today's show, we are getting to know 
Anthony. And Anthony, I didn't get to ask you, um, in my limited Facebook stalking, it says you're in Florida. Um, is that accurate? No, 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 not in Florida. Okay. I'm currently, I, I live in, in Virginia. Oh, no. Okay, cool. So I'm in Southern Delaware. Um, so that explains why our weather is uh, so similar. Yes, yes. Gotcha. The weather is horrible. Yeah, man, we had a fucking 10 day stretch of just like so happy to be alive weather. Right. Now, yeah. over here, over here, I don't know. For the past couple of weeks, it's been bipolar for better words. Because really? it, it, it's sunny one day and then it's rainy the, the next. So oh. it's been really bipolar. Nah, man. Like up here, like today is the first cloudy day we've had in literally 10 days. Like everyone's lawn is just beat to shit. It's all brown if you don't have irrigation. Wow. Um, feeling like you was in Arizona for a while there, man. It was like 85, 90 straight sunshine. Um, man, yeah, I. It, it, it was actually, it was pretty hot. Yesterday, I think it was like around the 90s. And today, it's just, man, raining. It, it looks really ugly outside, you know. So that's where we at right now. Yeah, and I guess while I was bringing it up, we were talking about, um, I was just asking how you were doing, and you were like, fair. And it's funny, man, because the weather and the uh, lockdowns, I, like, like it's getting to that point where you just want freedom, and then you're finding these freedoms – almost like withheld from you that you right. associate with just good weather. So then when you yeah. get a shitty day, it almost makes you feel worse. Right. I, I mean, you know, the, I think this whole virus really got everybody. Um, it's driving everybody's cra uh, crazy because we're, we can barely go out. I mean, there's certain cities, certain states that are reopening slowly, but it's not enough where, you know, to the point where it is where it used to be, you know, um, we, we just stuck in the house trying to figure it out. And, you know, to me, it's just, it's really driving me insane. Where are you standing on this, uh, virus stuff as far as like, I'm almost to the point where I'm, I'm going to start s seriously researching why it's a conspiracy. <laughs> so, uh, well, me personally, I'm just to a point where, man, I, I try to look for any little thing to do now, you know, um, because work, we, we, we working from the house, you know, and, uh, my wife is working and at the end of the day, I, I I'm like lost at times. I'm like, Oh my goodness. What, what can I do? You know, I go start cleaning my shoes for no reason. Like, <laughs> like you're you know, actually going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, things like that. It's like little little things that it don't make sense. It just don't make sense, you know. Um, so are you a sneakerhead then? Um Or you just I, I like keep, to keep what you got clean? Yeah, yeah, I keep what I have clean. Uh I, I don't call myself a sneakerhead. I do have a lot. I do have a lot of shoes, but I, I wouldn't call myself a sneakerhead because I think a sneakerhead would be somebody who knows their shoes, like uh, <laughs> true from top to bottom. You know, me, you, if you point a shoe out, a shoe out, I won't even know the set model or what year it came out, what game. Right. Like for example, Jordan War, I, I can't do that, so I can't call myself a sneakerhead. Yeah, I I always feel 
I always feel like almost like a middle class sneakerhead. Where like I'm not I'm not impoverished, you know, like like I, I have an understanding of certain aspects of it, but right. I, I can't get into like those deeper conversations. I'm very surfacey. I, I yeah. you know, um but the culture it, it's amazing, man, the dude to resell that shit and like how that's an actual culture. It fucking blows yeah. it's like stock market trading, man. It blows my yeah. mind. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's a billion dollar market. I mean, the whole buying reselling that's you can make a lot of money i mean that's a, a a legit business you know and i mean for me i i won't even consider myself a, even a middle a middle class type of sneakerhead either lower lower middle I, class I'm right i'm a person where <laughs> I, i'm very i'm picking what i i, I buy as well you know because when i was smaller my mom used to buy us one pair of shoes yeah. for that year. Yeah. So classic, you know, that year, if those shoes was messed up, you don't have no more. Right. You know? So when I got to a point where I can afford, uh, all my stuff, all my shoes, I started buying a lot because of that, because I was like, wow, I, could, I wasn't able to do this. So now I'm gonna do it. It's like somebody coming from poverty and, striking gold they're gonna start buying stuff that they didn't have they're gonna buy a mansion a car this and that you know yeah, yeah. and that that's how i was with shoes it's like man i i came from a childhood where my mom hey one shoe that's it and if she was able to afford it now i'm in a position where i'm doing good for myself you know and i'm right. able to afford it so i'm gonna buy it if i like it i'll buy it so, and and it's funny because, um, I, as a child, sometimes you don't realize you're poor. And then all of a sudden there becomes a moment where like, you're like, man, I'm fucking poor. And, and so, so, and I don't know if you have one of these moments, but for me, as far as sneakers, and I can't remember the name, man, but th this is almost all that needs to be said is that I think I was going into middle school, might've been sixth or seventh grade. My mom bought my back to school sneakers at the fucking grocery store. Oh man. And like, like, right. So like you started thinking about that and they were whatever black. I feel like the soles were almost like a hard plastic. They had like some knockoff logo that might've been like a kangaroo and then bitches might've run like $15, but they were probably on sale for like buy one, get one free type things or like eight bucks right. total. And I remember wearing those things. Cause at first any, any pair of sneakers, it looks nice, right? It's yeah. clean. And you're just like, woo. And I remember getting on the bus and the fucking laughter that came with it. Right. I, I was done, dude. I, I was like, fuck if that's ever going to happen. I start going out. I'm looking for little side hustles, cleaning lawns. I'm like trying to cut grass. You need branches taken away just so I could go to like an actual shoe stop and get some, a pair of sneakers. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, my, my mother, she so my shoes used to come from Payless. <laughs> you know, I think I think any kid at one point had Payless shoes. You know, right. unless unless you was fortunate enough. Yes. Right? Unless you was fortunate enough. But for me it was we'll go to Payless and buy it. Now, there were a moment where my mom would buy us one name brand shoe. 
Ours was K-Swiss at that time. Oh, dude. Yeah, K-Swiss was... Dude, that's was, a, that, yeah, dude was, that brand was, was there for a couple years. It was good. It was so good um, back in the day. They were like popping. Yeah. You know? It was like a street Adidas. Like, like they yeah. were a little more rappy, like more hip-hop than Adidas for a little bit because they almost had those like stripes on them and stuff, right? Right, right. And so my mother bought me and my brother the same shoe. Um, at that time, I was kind of growing into being able to fit in my brother's shoes. So, uh, I, I broke my, I broke my shoe. Like I'll say, I think a week or a month after she bought them. And since my brother had the same one, he just gave me his. Oh man. That's nice. What a sweet man. Yeah. <laughs> and I messed those up too. <laughs> so you know, I was very irresponsible uh, with shoes at that time, you know. But I think, or just fucking playful, right? Like people underestimate yeah. how much a kid. Like it's real easy to forget, man. You buy your kid a pair of hundred dollars shoes, hundred fifty dollars shoes, and you yep. get mad at them for like being a kid in them. And it's yep. like they're they're kids, man. They run through whatever. Like they're not giving that any mind, and they shouldn't, right? Like yeah. If, I mean, I, I look at kids now, nowadays, and it's like, dang, where where did the uh, childhood, where, where is that at? You know, because yeah. for me, and I know for you as well, for me, we used to play outside. All day. A lot. All, all day. day. Where to a point where my mom used to tell me, you got to come in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you've been outside way too long. Yeah. You know, I'll be outside till like 9, 10 o'clock at night just playing. Yeah. A childhood, you know? Nowadays, you see kids on the tablet, on the phones. Yeah. I don't know what happened to uh, just the technology has taken over. Yeah, so I'm going to blame it on the Lifetime movies. So I don't okay. know if you're a fan of Lifetime movies, but I had to get out because I feel like that's corrupted mothers. Because mm. they're, they're, it's nothing but movies of kids getting kidnapped, tortured, chained, yeah. shackled. And it's almost like Corona where – yeah, it happens, but can we put right. it into perspective? How regularly, what is the percent of the happenings that go along with it? And people started getting into this media stuff, man, started getting these movies that sensationalize whatever, the the, the stereotypical like ice cream man offering kids candy in a white van. Right. And everyone's like, that's not going to be my kid. And then you're hiding them and they don't get to just go out there and naturally like be them and find out where they stand in like a societal jungle like like right. recess is almost like the last great place where a kid just finds out are, are you fucking cool or are you not man like where do you stand in this social totem pole because if if, if you trying to be something you're not at recess you get put in your place real quick oh yes definitely <laughs> and that's what used to happen in neighborhoods like you just you know your limits and if you don't like it you got to work to get better and get past whatever it is you're trying to be to make sure you're accepted by that group definitely yeah, that yeah. stuff, the, the tablets are taking over, and that's why everybody's all fucked up mental health-wise, I think, man, because they're, they're sitting there, these poor kids are sitting there getting their self-evaluation off of likes and clicks. Oh, man. And it's you like, know, you just hit, you just hit a, a, a crucial bullet point right there. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I, I've been thinking about that for a while. I look at, I, I told my wife, you know, we have a daughter as well, and... I told her I do not want to put a tablet or a phone, no technology in her hands. Let's go outside. Let's let's put her outside. Let her play. 
let her get dirty because I want her to experience what a childhood is really about. You know, I don't want her growing up thinking that, you know, social media, uh, tablet, the technology is, is life. Well, you know, the- uh, if we notice, if, if we go back and, and start looking at the, at what social media has done to, to young kids, it's, it's probably honest, worse than smoking, it's dude. Horrible. It's been horrible. Dude, it's, it, 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 I, there's probably going to be a study in 20 years where the effects of social media on a child, especially earlier, mm-hmm. are going to be worse than smoking. Oh, yes, definitely. And, and definitely. It, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is like these companies have fucking like just a staff of engineers and psychologists that figure out how to make you want to do be on that screen more. Oh yeah. And if you're hey. a kid, like, I mean, dude, video games alone, I almost like, you know, I almost went down that rabbit hole of three, four in the morning. I'm talking about like Nintendo video games. Some basic 16 bit shit would keep me up. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, influencers as well. They, they play a huge role. If you look, if you look at, for example, the Kardashians, right? The Kardashians, you know, when, when the older one, right, uh, came out with fake uh, butt implants and, and fake boobs, now everybody started doing it. When the younger one started doing the lips, everybody started doing it. You know, so I feel to the point where anything a celebrity do, the followers, they just gonna, they're going to follow it. Well. Dude, think about this, man. How much of a backlash was there on Barbie recently? How long did it take Barbie to have minorities represented or to have plus size represented? And people were figuring out like just playing with a Barbie was fucking up a kid's mind as far as do I need to be that thin? Does my hair need to look that way? Do I need to have that tone in my arms? Do I need to have that outfit? And Mm -hmm. we realized real quick like that that's fucking wrong. Like, yeah, we, we, we need, if you're black, you need to see a black doll. If you're Hispanic, you need to see Hispanic dolls, right? If you're, and all these different things have come along, but it's like social media almost brought back that Barbie era where those influencers just have so much power over your child consciously and subconsciously where they're growing up wanting to be that stuff, man. Right. And, and it even takes them, take them to a point where, uh, suicidal, the suicide rates, they're, they're growing because of that. If they don't look apart, they, they start, all right, that, self, that self-esteem is not there. Oh, yeah. That self-love is not there. You know, and, and that's, that's an issue. Well, I think social media at this point is, is dangerous. Dude, well, to take it back to the neighborhood thing, and I don't know how you grew up. I, I was in a little trailer park. I think we had like a three-quarter of a mile or a mile circle, right? Yeah. And and then it was actually a campground in the background, which was hella fun because we would just get into all sorts of fucking ruckus. It was like 20 acres of campgrounds, but there was a, a year-round site um, that we grew up. But, dude, there was there was a group of us that were like six to eight, maybe maybe 12, depending on how wide the age range was. But you always felt love from your neighborhood. 
Like even yeah. if you and your boys got in a fist fight, the next day you'd both be at the basketball court and you're trying to play it cool or whatever, you know, and one of you like yeah. shows up and starts getting rebounds. And But before you know it, you're boys again, right? Like, yeah. like you're, you're friends, you have that group. It's almost like a secondary family. When on social media, like they're fucking hyenas, man. They're looking to come at you. They're looking to laugh at you. They're looking to put you down. And you oh, yeah. never really feel an actual attachment. And I feel psychologically, especially for a kid developing, trying to get a sense of identity, it's like they can't fuck you. you can't trust whatever's being said or posted as far as comment wise. And yeah. it, 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 it leads to them being extremely vulnerable and depressed because you don't get that sense of cultural identity, community mm-hmm. identity. And I, dude, I agree right. with you, man. It's, it's, it's a fucking scary place when you think of, if you have kids that they have to navigate. And I think it's a, it's a huge responsibility of the parents as well to uh, deviate them away from the social media right? and speak to them and talk to them, right? Because I think that even parents get caught up into the social media lifestyle and oh, forget about their kids. It happens. And now their kids are growing up thinking that, okay, this is the way my life should be. That's the norm. You know? And if you look at this now, think about this. Back in the days, dressing in in a bikini or just in a bra and panties and taking pictures, that was the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that was like one step away from you're going to be a stripper or in Playboy. Or a prostitute or a porn star or whatever. Yeah. Now, Everybody glorifies that. They see they see a half naked women, click click click, and, and the society. You know, females nowadays they look at them like, oh well, that celebrity doesn't. She gets a million likes. Oh, I can do it. You know. Yeah, and I'm building a brand. That's that's all it is nowadays. If you look through Instagram, all the females, it's like sports bras they, and yoga they, pants, man. They forgot. They, they have forgotten who they are as a person. And they're, they're how you call it, um, their identity isn't there. They, they lost their identity because they're trying, to, they're trying to follow trends and other people. Like, yeah, and it's I, sad. It's sad, well, to be honest. That's why I, I talk to my wife a lot about that. And I told her, like, that's, that can't, we have to talk to our daughter ahead of time so she can understand that she don't have to take a picture half naked to be respected. That self-respect comes within you, not within uh, somebody's approval. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, that's, that's big for me. That's huge. That, cause the females nowadays, and I'm not talking about all of them, but majority of them have lost that their self-respect by doing so by doing all everything that other people are doing now and but see at the same time like the flip side is the empowerment movement right and right. the the ownership of my body and then it's even it, it i've spoken to why do you call why do you say that because you know if, if one person says it Everybody wants to say it. Yeah. Oh, it's that self-empowerment. I right. understand you You want to feel confident and you want to feel beautiful. 
but it doesn't mean you have to go halfway naked to to prove that. You know, you get what I'm saying? You don't have to prove that that way. There's other ways you can do it. You know, I find it more attractive a woman that has that self-respect. She don't have to come to me halfway naked for me to be like, oh, you look good or you're beautiful. Not like that, right? Is, is it because it's almost it like... My wife, is, my is wife it... didn't come to me halfway naked. She came to me as she is. And to me, that her self-respect and her intellectual mind, that's what what I looked at. Well, that's companionship, thought, right? Well, you know, you have to be naked. It doesn't, no. Well, so is part of it then too, and this is where I like, this is where I'm trying to figure out where I fall on this. Like, I, I get that you want to be empowered, but mm-hmm. isn't that more of like a personal message to the dude or, or to whoever you're sending it to? Why are we right. posting this stuff publicly Yeah. to just for forever on the internet? And I guess that's where my mind goes with that self-empowerment, like that I can post what I want. This is my body kind of a, a thing. But at the same time, I'm like, why does it have to be so public? Or, but then again, like, is it any different than like just going to the beach and anybody can see you at the beach? Anybody can see you at the pool in this way. So right. like it, I don't know, man. it's, it, it's funny. Cause I try to look at it both ways. And I've even spoken to some people on this podcast who, um, use it. And, and they're like, they'll admit they're like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll post a picture as a thirst trap to try to get my message out there. <laughs> and, and you're like, so, so you've even like gone on to the game of like the marketing aspect of if I go like provocative, whatever my shirt's off and you can see some cleavage, boom, guaranteed another 150 clicks. And that yep. helps me to monetize. And right. they, the late, the females I've spoken with, like they don't see it any differently than again, them going to a beach and right. some dude, like whoever's the creepy guy on the boardwalk with binoculars, just sizing them up. Right. The only difference now is my man's on Instagram just scrolling through, right? Like, so, so tell me this. So answer me this, right? Uh, the females nowadays, right? They call men creeps because the men will comment some sexual, uh, a, a sex. They will have a sexual comment down, right? But they don't understand that. Okay, well, you are dressed with a bra. You're you are taking pictures showing your ass. Don't you think a man is gonna say something? Yeah, right. Um, it, it's almost like if why are you holding it against me for commenting on the smell the of the food? Who's doing it? Well, yeah, like like you can't be mad if I talk about how good the food smells in the kitchen if right. you're the one cooking it. Right. And, and that's the issue right there. You can't call somebody out, and that goes for a men too, right? For us as people, we can't be doing things and not expect anything, any repercussion. Yeah. Because females want to take pictures because, quote unquote, they want to feel empowered. But then again, they do it so much that, okay, don't you think we're going to say something? Not me personally, but I'm going to say we as men, right? They're gonna, we're going to comment and we're going to say something uh, that you might not like. Yeah, That's not our fault. Don't, don't be posting those type of pictures. If you don't want somebody to, to look at you sexually, well... 
don't give us a uh, a reason to. Yeah, I mean, right? And you I know, guess... and you know, with this, females, a lot of females might get mad at me and might disagree or might call me an idiot. But how about sit down and analyze it on your side? Analyze it correctly, not being biased. Oh, I'm just doing it to be empowered. No. Let let's think rationally. Let's think. Let's be honest to ourselves. All right. If a man takes a picture naked, full blown naked, don't you think a female is gonna comment? Yeah, maybe with like that giggly emoji, depending on how cold right. it is. <laughs> Are they just gonna? They, but they're gonna comment. And if if a female thinks that the man look uh, looks good, guess what they're gonna say? Yeah, they, they're gonna say some some nasty stuff. If a man starts saying, you know what, y'all disgusting, blah blah blah, what they gonna say? Well, don't take a picture like that. Same thing goes for the females. If you don't want a man to say something nasty, don't take those kind of pictures. You don't have to show people that oh, I got this type of body or or trying to follow trends. When really, in all honesty, when you're doing that. That just shows me that you don't have self-esteem. You don't have self-respect. Oh. Because you're trying to get it through the likes, through the follows, through the right. comments. Because now, nowadays, it ain't about having self-respect. It's about having a following. It's all about having clicks. You know, how many people are going to follow me? How many people are going to like? How many people are going to comment? And then when they don't get what they want, they start getting depressed. Yeah. Start feeling like they're not worth it. Yeah, because you're not validated. Right. Because, yeah, you don't have that. But again, that's what it is. People want to feel validated by others. No, you got to validate yourself first. But that that almost goes back to what we were saying, man, about that neighborhood play outside mentality, that that recess, that playground mentality, which Mm -hmm. is you know where you fit in and you got two choices, man. Like, like, dude, I remember like (laughs) – I'll know about you, but I remember like getting picked for basketball teams, right? Like you line yes. up the top two guys, you normally made them be captains because don't nobody want to take on the top two guys. Everybody knows who they are. Yeah. And you know where pretty much where you were going to get picked. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like you knew where you stood. So you got a choice, man. Like either you get better yeah, or you accept your role. Right. But like with social media, it, it's very hard for people to accept whatever number you want to say, like, Oh, I only get 12 likes on my, on any time I post a picture and you know, they feel like a loser. You compare it to someone else. And all of a sudden you're like, why can't I get 150? Why can't I get a thousand? And and again, going to adolescence, if you grow up with that mentality, now you're middle or not. Now you're coming into your adult, early adult years that stays with you because it's formed who you are. Uh huh. And See, that's why I don't try to get caught up too much in what social media is about. You know, of course, I have a podcast myself, and I have to promote my podcast. But I don't have to do it in a, such a way where I'm going to um, dirty my name or put a stain on my on my brand. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I feel like anybody who wants to get somewhere, they don't have to do it putting a stain on themselves. Or on the image. Now you know there's so up uh, there are other ways to doing it. Oprah Winfrey, she don't gotta take a picture naked. Why? Because she's validated herself first. She went and go get what she wanted. 
you know a lot of these uh, a, a lot of people they do stuff to like like we stated to get clicks and likes and a following and eventually get to where they're trying to get to you know like they try to use that that excuse of why they put taking those type of pictures in order to get and, and get to where they trying to get to in life and for me my advice would be like you have to validate yourself first you don't need a validation from other people or how many likes you get or how many following you have no you have to validate yourself and understand that if you're trying to get somewhere you have to go get it not by taking those type of pictures more of you have to go and grind day out yeah day in and day out in order to get somewhere well, that's kind of that poverty mentality, right? That grinder, right, that hustler right. mentality. Because when you grow up kind of not having, you just constantly look at those who have and feel like, man, if I just worked a little harder, if I could just right. be a little smarter, I could get there. Yeah. But but I, I don't know, man. Like at the same time, like if the end result is to get it, – it's funny because you're almost having like parallel conversations because if the end result is to get means, right, is mm-hmm. to get an ends, is to get whatever dollar figure – isn't the smarter thing to go about it, getting it the quickest way. So if I can post some pics and all of a sudden I can get this like esteemed or this place, then I'm actually working smarter, not harder. Almost could be like that counter argument. Look to me, it's like, yeah, there's, there's, they always say work smarter, not harder. But at the end of the day, if the easy, easy road is going to, like, like I said, like I stated, put a stain on my image. Yeah, see that—that's the I'm parallel. Not taking it. That's the parallelism, because now we're talking about being true to yourself or being able to right. your self-esteem, your mental health versus yes. your monetary possessions, because your materialism. Think about, this, think about this, right? A porn star, a man or female, if they do one video because they're trying to get the easy way out and get that money, it's right? over. It's over. That's it. Dude, that's all did, they're gonna know you about. Did you they, they're see? They're gonna know you through through that. That's your image. That's the stain you put on your life Shit. and your your brand. So when you try to do something else, guess what? Those corporations or those brands gonna say no because we don't want to associate ourselves with with that type of work. You know what I'm saying? And that's what people need to understand. Whatever you do, whatever you post. That goes with you for a while, for 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 life, actually. Yeah, there, man, there. I just had to um Google it. So, did you see on Netflix the documentary called "Hot Girls Wanted"? No, 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 I haven't. Okay, and and it's it, it's. I, I'm not trying to paint you in some sort of a light or anything, but it actually goes right. to your point. So basically, the the premise is this dude in Florida posts on Craigslist, "Hot Girls Wanted." And he gets girls from all around the country. He'll pay for your plane ticket. You come and live in his house. He's got whatever bedrooms. And he promises you an aspiring porn career. So it's a documentary where you're getting inside information as to what these girls, what their mindset is going in, during, and then for all of them, the after, where within three months, they've done two movies. All of a sudden, their money is getting lower. The, The parts that they have to take in order to be what they wanted to be is even right. more and more degrading. Dude, like they're having to get literally physically beat 
in porn for like 150 bucks. <laughs> and, and like, that's like three months in and they're like, I'm fucking done. And then there's a couple of them where, where you get to see the relationships and the effect of you go out and all of a sudden you're in a public setting and you get introduced right. and now someone's seen you on whatever porn site or they start calling you out on it and you yeah. don't want, you, you're not like, yeah, I'm a porn star. You're kind of ashamed and it makes into this awkward thing. And then like all of a sudden, how are you going to get married? How's your spouse? Right. How's your fiance going to handle you with this past? And you oh, go yeah. to a grocery store and people coming up on you like that, like with those kind of comments. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, to be honest, to be honest, that's that's something that a lot of people have to uh, realize is that whatever path you choose to take and and for those who your audience, right, who's going to listen to this, I'm by no means trying to judge anybody. I'm just trying to bring into effect. The, the, the point that if you want to get to to your your dream, you don't have to do no vulgar stuff, right? Right. Yeah, because the self worth should be a little more. Road, the road you choose will lead you to a path of either destruction, of pain, hurt, or success, right? And at the end of the day, they always say, you know your past will always haunt you. It will always haunt you. Yeah. I mean, dude, that, that Netflix doc opened my eyes to like whatever girls in Kansas, girls from broken homes, girls who are from good homes. And like, they just feel like this would be fun. And then in six months, man, you're basically your next 10 years are completely fucked because you've made this digital imprint. Yeah. In, in an entirely slanderous way where maybe even mentally you weren't ready to realize the repercussions of the mm-hmm. choices you made. Cause you wanted to go on a little adventure and have some fun in Florida. Right. Like that, right. that dude, I watched that shit and just seeing, I seeing the perspectives from I, whatever, six, eight different girls that were there. Mm-hmm. It was like, is this a real, like I, my, I, I was completely ignorant. I had no idea. Like it could be that easy for some dude who, host these girls to just put an ad in Craigslist and my man spends whatever, a couple hours at night on the internet, just like responding, trapping, Mm -hmm. you know, luring these girls in and it just, it's a fucking cycle, man. And I was like, wow, it was eye opening that that many girls would look at the opportunity as worthwhile. Yeah. As worthwhile as like that, that, that's my best option at 19. But the, the crazy part about that, right. Is that they're not the one making money. He is. Oh, 100%. You know, dude, 100%. He's going to get rich off of you. Dude, he's like a <laughs> pimp. He's like a pimp. And then the, then the directors and all that, like all he is a talent agent. You know what I'm saying? That Like right. he'll go by that. And you're like looking at him, you're like, so you're just getting whatever 20% or for every girl you send to a movie, maybe you get a flat rate. But like right. those girls aren't the owners of their product, name, likeness, and image. Now they might be able to post some stuff again, going back to like Instagram, whatever, like they can post things and try to get followers in order to maybe monetize. Right. But according to this uh, documentary, that stuff was not sustainable. They're not in the game for years building a brand. They're out within six months because they can't get no more work to make money. Right. Yeah, dude. It's um. So did you always think this way or did your daughter have a huge impact on you thinking this way? 
I tell you what, I've always um, thought about, thought this way, but my daughter brought a different perspective. Because, you know, at one point, you're going to go with the flow, right? You're going to, always. you know, it's cool, whatever. But then when you have a human being that's looking up to you, you want to put that example. You want to be that role model. And for me, I started looking at what's going on, and I'm starting to say, okay, that's not right. That's not how we should go get and follow our dreams. That's not the way to uh, leave a legacy the day you die, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at I look at my daughter and be like, okay, this is what you need to do. Don't follow this. Don't be like this. You don't have to do this to become what you want to become, right? There's other ways, there's other there's other roads that you can take. And I think, yes, yeah, she 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 brought a huge uh, like a, a whole different perspective into life as a whole. Yeah, it's um it is weird because sometimes guys can be guys and then you get a daughter and you start thinking like would I be a guy that I'd be okay with? Like, like would, would, would like, if I came into my house with my daughter, am I punching myself? Right? Like, you know what? That's funny that you say that because the, the moment I had my daughter, you know, the whole fatherhood didn't sink in immediately. Oh, right? it takes, it takes a while. It takes it a take while. A, yes. And, but when it, when I actually looked at my daughter one day and said, dang, I'm a father. Right. That's when I was like, okay, hold on. Do I want my daughter have a boyfriend or a husband down the road in life? Like me? You know? Because I know when I was younger, no. I was out of control. You Dude, know? every father that was skeptical when I walked through their doorstep <laughs> was absolutely correct. Yeah. Every every pops that wanted to punch me in the fucking throat, you yeah. were correct, sir. Because I was a piece of shit. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. Like, we don't see it now, right? Uh, but when we have kids, it's, it's like different. It, it's like an eye-opener. There's, cert- there's certain people that don't get it, regardless if they have a kid or not. Yeah. They just don't get it. Yeah. And it's sad because their their kids are going to feel the consequences. Well, that, that's how you get caught up in that quote unquote cycle, right? When right. you're trying to break the cycle versus be a part of the cycle. Like yeah. if, if it starts with the parent mm-hmm. and, and if that parent doesn't do their part in breaking the cycle, man, it's uh, it, it's so much harder for that child. Yeah. And then, you know, what, what I hate hearing is, oh, but I'm trying. It's just not working. Well, you're not trying hard enough. Oh, you're not trying. You, you, if you call that trying, then I don't know what is. <laughs> then my definition's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is. Then I'm the one who's fucked up in the head. If that's trying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or, what or my it's like. told me, what I've learned throughout my years, that's all wrong, bro. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all wrong. I should, I should be in your, in your life. In your situation, if that's the if, if, if that's, that's what trying is, trying is. no nah, man, all it means is you're fucking Superman. 
like like <laughs> like you got some extraterrestrial strength that like can overcome and and i've been the same way i've been like i i, I don't feel like success is that complicated right. i don't understand right. how you're fucking this up so bad just being around you know like it, it's the fatherhood doesn't I know there's a shit ton of extra like variables that go along with it, but at the end of the day, kids just want time with their with their parents. That's all. And That's like, all it, it's not an overly complicated thing. And you said breaking the cycle. I, I'm actually glad you, you said that, right? Because I grew up without a father. Right. My mother was single. She she raised me and six other kids. Holy right? shit! Well, five other kids, so six of us. Right? So, six kids. I have a daughter. I'm there for her. Because I know how it feels to not have a father. So, why would I put my child into that same hurt and pain that I went through as as a kid? There's no point. If you want to break the cycle, like you said, you have to be the change. Yeah. And that's for anything. I'm not just talking about like I'm talking about everything in life. If you want to make a change in your in your company, well, guess what? Work your ass off, work your way up, become the man, and change. So, how hard was it for you to be that change without that father figure in your life? Like, I mean, as far as like, what are how do you know what kind of dad to be? Kind of a thing. Who are you modeling this after? If you haven't seen it done. It, it, right. anyone who hasn't seen something done makes it that much harder for them to know how to do it. Right. Role models. Right. And that's so, a good question. That's a good question. Uh, at the end of the day, I have my brothers and sisters, right. Um, we're very close to each other. And I think I, I have an uncle who I looked up to in a way, right. Somebody who who I, I would say it, it was kind of like a father figure, but he's not my father, right? He's he's not there 24-7. Yeah. So the actual father love is not there. It just, I look at him as, oh, his attitude, right? Yeah. He earned the respect that he has for me. So in a way, I can say I modeled that through him. Right. Right. But when it comes to just being a father itself, I... I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still learning how to be a father. Because going back to that fact, I didn't grow up without, I, I didn't grow up with a father. So it is hard to emulate what a father can be or what a father is if you didn't even have a father. Right. So for me, I, I think my my pain, my hurt, kind of just is making me who I am today as a father because I, I know, okay, I, I didn't have my father for my birthdays for my holidays. I didn't get to go to the park with him. I didn't get to have small little moments to have some, uh, they didn't have to uh, eat with him for dinner. Not, not, not like none of that. Yeah. I didn't get the chance to have none of that. So for me, I'm like, okay, I know that's wrong because it brought a lot of pain in, to to me. Right. So I don't want my daughter to have that. So let me do the opposite of what I felt or what I've seen. 
right? So and dude, that I didn't I didn't get the chance to eat with my father at the table dinner time. Well, I'm gonna do it with my daughter. Yeah. I didn't get to have FaceTime with my father. Well, my daughter is gonna have FaceTime for, with me. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. It just the I think the smallest details in life is what makes a whole lot of difference. Oh, well, yeah, it would. Well, and I think it's the consistent details. And I think that's what you're getting at is that right, right, right. you fucking know, like, think about this, especially without having a father, you know, right. you can fuck up all day. And what are you coming home to? Like, ain't no dude there that can physically and Correct. I'm not about child abuse, but there's right. a healthy fear of being physically unable to stop a man from snatching your little punk ass up and putting you in your place when you need to be put in your place. <laughs> yeah. Like it, 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 there's something about that where, you know, man, if I fuck up and I go home and my dad finds out, whoa. Yeah. And that like, that also just points into how strong a single mother has to be without that father. Cause she's got it. Right. I, 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 she I, has to play both roles. Dude. And not to be gender biased, but I feel like the majority of females, they want to nurture. They want to coddle. When you come home with your yeah. skin knee or boo-boo, they want to kiss and cuddle you. And the dad's like, you better toughen that shit up. Yeah. You know, but you yeah. need, you need both of that. Right. And yeah. the, the, the con constantly knowing when you come home for dinner, when you come home, whenever, when you come home from school and you got that detention slip or you got that failing grade, and your dad's yep. going to be there and yep. you got to explain that to dad. Yeah, it's, to a whole me. Different, it's a whole different world. Dude, that, that is what I think. And that's what I thought about when you were talking about those little details, making a difference, just yeah. knowing, whoa, that, that's another level of accountability that can keep you from doing some stupid things. Right. And I think, you know, my mother, my mother, uh, who, who, you know, passed away in 2011, um, I give her all the the praise, all the glory for for raising me and my brothers. Yeah, with five other kids. Because Good Lord. she did she did a heck of a job, a heck of a job. But there's things that she couldn't feel fulfill because she wasn't the 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 father figure. Yeah, she's just she's the mother. Yeah, and I don't take nothing away from her because, like I said, uh, she did a heck of a job. And without her, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, right, right. But, but like, so I remember my mom, and and I'm just gonna try to emphasize it. Like, I remember when my dad left, my mom um, tried to fill in the role, you whatever, like having a little catch, and like right. you can't even throw a spiral. Like, like the ball, like you can't even throw that thing five yards. How am I going to go on a fly pattern or a button hook and yeah. you can't hit me with it? Like there's something that you just miss out on those moments and it's right. not your mom's fault. No, it's not it any ain't. mother's fault if they can't. Um, it just goes to the, the necessary, the need for the duality of roles within households. And that's why, you know, uh, and I'm actually in the process of writing a book, right? And one thing, one thing I say is, um, I don't understand how can a man go about his day knowing that his child is walking in this earth with, with no shoes on, barefooted, without a man to guide him. Mm. I don't understand how a man can live with himself under knowing 
that there's his, his resemblance. Yeah, his genes. It's out there. In the and same you know, neighborhood sometimes, dude. In the same community. Right. Within fucking walking distance. And you're yep. still absent. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I made a I made a uh an episode on that, the absence of a father. And I'm actually doing a two point oh uh at the end of the month about the absence of a father. Because it is very important. For us males, us men, to be there for our kids is very important because us as human beings, we don't understand how much of an impact we have to our kids. Our kids look at us like heroes. Oh, yeah. You know, like until they're teenagers and then all of a sudden you're a dork. You know, then right. you got dad bod, then they want to tease you, then you don't know shit, but it comes back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but then you got to understand that if you're there for that kid and you're guiding them on the right path, yeah, that kid will become successful. More, that kid will be all odds. More than any teacher can impact right. a kid, more than any right. uncle or like surrogate father, almost like you were talking about with. With your uncle, like people want to throw around that role father figure with a coach, with a teacher, right. with, with a family member. It, it You could add all three of those roles up. It ain't going to equal one father. Yep. But, and think about this. I can say, okay, my uncle was my father figure. My coach was my father figure. But at the end of the day, you know how bad that sounds? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, why is he your father figure? Where's your father at? Yeah. Wh- wh- where is the guy with your last name? Or, right. or worst case, how come you don't have your father's last name? Right. Of course. That, you know, that's even worse. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I know, and I know, and I know people like that. I know kids that don't have their father's last yeah. name. And and again, I, I it's funny. I don't know if I'm feeling overly guilty. I'm not saying that it's completely, like, like it, it's not wrong. Like some fathers are a piece of shit and the mothers may not want their, their, their children associated with that last name. But yep. I, I think the main point is, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but in my head, what I'm thinking is like, I feel like, especially a, a son, if not every mm-hmm. child wants to grow up with that identity. Right. And if it's the norm to have your father's last name and you're one without your father's last name, it, whether you're aware of it or not, it fucks with you mentally and it can mm-hmm. sow seeds of doubt of, of self-esteem issues of, mm-hmm. was I not worthy within right. a kid? Yeah. They don't, and that's where it goes to little details Mm. impacts a whole life. Yeah. Because of that. A last name, like you said, a last name can mess up with a kid's mind. But we don't see it that way. No, yeah, exactly. We don't see that. We say, okay, well, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be a father. I'm not ready to be a father. Well, nobody told you have a sex. <laughs> Good job catching yourself. I could tell you were, I mean, and you know, we're allowed, you can curse or whatever, man, but uh, you did, you did a great job presenting that in a uh, respectful way. Cause I heard the almost slip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be too, way too blunt. Yeah. Too vulgar because, with it. Yeah. Your daughter yeah. might hear it one day. <laughs> yeah, uh, I respect, I respect your show uh, <laughs> and your audience too. I, I don't want to be that type of guy, but and let, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to take responsibility, don't do 
don't do something that's gonna at the end of the day create a baby (laughs) well that comes with responsibility if you don't want to accept responsibility don't do shit that comes with responsibility right like would you really apply for a job as a ceo and not want to fucking put in the hours right like you might want to get paid and in this analogy, I believe we all know what getting paid is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but but at the same time, then you got the responsibility of answering to the board. How are you going to keep yeah. your job? How are you going to keep profits up? How are you going to keep us as a sustainable company? So yeah. if you weren't up to that, why are you applying for that job? Right. Why are you in that? Why are you in that desk? Mm-hmm. You know, don't sit in the boss's chair if you ain't trying to be a boss. I wrote this. I wrote this a couple of days ago, and this all goes to my book as well, right? Um, I said, fatherhood isn't chosen, or you don't choose fatherhood through a moment of pleasure, but through a moment of reflection. And what what I mean by that is, okay, well, um, I'm having... uh, I'm having a, a good time with, with a girl, right? So since I'm having a good time and through the moment, well, I'm just going to do what I what What I was I biologically like created to do. I'm trying right. to reproduce. So <laughs> yeah. instead of me doing that and knowing, okay, I'm not ready for fatherhood, let me not do that. Yeah, they're, they're protected, right? Dude, there ain't so, no 18-year-old boy that's reflecting in them moments. There ain't right. no 13, 16. I don't even know if 30-year-old men are reflecting in that moment, man. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, like, like back to it, right? So fatherhood ain't, isn't chosen through a moment of pleasure, but a moment of reflection. And when you're a, a man and you start understanding like, okay, I want to be a father. Yeah. That's when you choose to be a father. Because you know, okay, I'm ready to be a father. I'm stable. Um, I, you know, I have, a, I have a, a, a girlfriend that's ready to, we want to do this. Let's go. Right. That's when I mean it's chosen by reflection, but that huh. reflection, that, that thought. See, I took that as a, I took it almost like what you had said earlier with, you didn't have the dad. So it, it was like, I know what I don't want. Even if I don't know what a father is, I know what right. a father is not. So right. having that moment of reflection allows you yes. to realize the importance and the power that you mm-hmm. now possess and the responsibility yes. that comes with it. And you can't get that. Like, like you said, dude, it doesn't hit you after that baby's born. I think right. it's different for all guys when you realize like, Jesus, this is a life and it's, it, it, it's in large part dependent on me. Yes. And like when you think, and then you go years down the road of what if I'm not around for blank? And you could put the blank in at any moment. First time a kid's right. riding a bike. First time a kid comes home crying off a playground. First time a kid brings home an A. First art project. First basketball hoop score, right? Like like, yeah. like first anything. And you're not around to hear that moment. That that kid has a hole. Yes. Now add up them holes. What's going to what's gonna fill it? Yep. Because something's hey, going to fill it. You know it. what? At the end of the day, I, I, I am who I am. Because of all those pains and all those scars right. that that has been presented to me and that I had to live with throughout my years, but at the, at the end of the day, uh, it's my responsibility to take care of my my child. It's my responsibility to 
to guide my 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 child to the right path. And it will be I will be the worst person in the world if I let another man take my spot. Yeah, that's that conquerors mentality, right? That's like what's mine is mine. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah, and I'm I, sure there's I mean, a... and I'm not not to say, not to say that if one day me and my wife uh wouldn't, you know, wouldn't work out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that, okay, I'm not going to, if she gets married again with somebody else, I'm not going to let that man be in her life. No, 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 no. no None no, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I didn't take it that way at all. But in a way, I'm just not going to let my daughter call somebody else father when she does have a father. Right. You know what I'm saying? Dude, and, shit. Think about that, man. And, and, and if you stay on that at an emotional level, right. the, the child that has to call their non-biological parent by that mom or dad mm-hmm. not not to not not to put down the people who are filling those roles that need to right, be filled right, right. but just thinking about the impact of what that has on a kid mm-hmm. man yeah. dude that's some heavy shit man if you really just take a little bit of time to think about how easy for so many people it is to say mommy in a grocery yeah. store daddy when you're lost on like whatever theme park yeah. and you and, feel and that security, me, you know, I never like, like, like I said, you know, I never had that. I never was able to say a dad, a, a pops, you know, I never got to say that, you know? So it goes back to it. I, I, I just don't want my daughter to grow up like that, you know, because the pain and that struggle, you know, um, it brings, it brings a lot of doubt in your mind and a lot of doubt, a lot of your, your self esteem and your self love at times does go down because of it. Cause you think like you're the problem. Dude. And I'm going to take it a step further. And again, my, I, my father, fuck man. Um, I, I can't remember if it was 10 or 11, but mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll be a little vulnerable and I don't think I've told this story on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. so I was 10, my parents were divorced. I was up the street playing, um, with my friend, and right. my grandmother, who would watch me while my mother was working, she worked in the, in the city. So we lived a little suburbish. This is before we got poor. So we were rich before we got poor, <laughs> um, which, which was like a great perspective, man. Like you talk about like you can grow up poor and that's cool. But when you're used to like rich and then all of a sudden you become poor, like you're yeah. like, how come restaurants don't take food stamps? What are you talking about? Like, like yeah. your, your whole mentality is fucked up. But anyway, my. My grandmother yells, and I hadn't seen my father in might have been like a month or two. Yeah. She yells at the door, come home, Sean, your father's on the phone. And I fucking, you're like, you, you don't think you can run that fast, right? You just sprint. I pick up the phone. Dude tells me he's coming to pick me up. Dude tells me we're going to get to hang out. Dude tells me he's coming in 30 minutes. And this is like three in the afternoon. Guess when that man came? never I'm sitting by that door my bags packed my mother's coming home after a day of working in the city like 8, 9 o'clock at night and my grand, you know what's my grandmother gonna do dude like I'm a kid I'm like a lab Labrador retriever at the dog waiting for my pops just like what's gonna happen he's coming he's coming you're holding out that hope right and and it's fucking crushed so I, I say all that to say this I feel like in my life having to deal with that on whatever level 
I feel like if that man would have been in my life, I'd be like five times more successful. (laughs) I feel, I feel like I might be a fucking CEO at some point based on where I am now having overcome that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get a little bit. But you got to think, but you got to think. I try to not, you know, of course I still think of certain things that could have been right. But at the end of the day, I put my mind into being able to be better every day and try to achieve what I want to become in life. Right. So even though I didn't have them to guide me, I take all that and that's my fire. And oh. that's my motivation to continue. Dude, and that's my motivation to to achieve to become a CEO or or you know to to be just somebody in life. Dude, I, and I'm I'm with you on that fire aspect. But what <laughs> where my mind goes, the older I get, is the father can kind of morph into this role of like you start off like the dad's the play buddy, but then yeah. all of a sudden dad's the dude. And and mothers can too. I, I shouldn't be like gender box or whatever, but dads can really give you that advice. Like you want to go have a real, especially as a male, as a heart to heart with your dad. Like you can be right. open, you can be vulnerable, you can just expand your worldview. And when you don't have that, it's like you're missing counsel within your life to help you during difficult decisions. And I guess that's where I'm going at with the, like, I feel fucking limited or I feel like I could have been a little more successful because you miss out on 20, 30 years of formative life decisions without fucking being able to have someone you can trust and like get advice from. Yeah. And you know, and that also goes for the absence of a mother too. Oh, hundred percent. I know we're talking about males, but it also goes in the other way. Well, I think you have just a father and don't have a mother. Yeah. There's different things that the, the male is limited to. Yeah. And I, I think we just keep bringing it up because both of us do not have a father in our lives. Right. So I think that's why we keep referring. We'd probably be whatever, more like um, politically correct to say parent. But right. if we're, pe- if we're speaking on personal experience, it's, it's a father in both our cases. Right, right, right. So for me, you know, like, for example, if I have my father, but not my mother, I probably would have been a little bit more uh, close in actually speaking out, oh, right? Because you know how, how, for example, a male is supposed to not be so vulnerable, yep. not speak out, not cry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I probably would have been that type of guy. But since I did have my mother, I open up, I actually speak out. And you know what I mean? When I have to cry, I, got, I, I cry. I got feeling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it doesn't make me less of a man. It just makes me me. That makes me me. Because at the end of the day, I want my kid to be able to come to me and talk to me about whatever it is. Yeah. Good or bad. I don't want my kid to hold everything in and then later on, I regret every single every single thing from there. Or Or, you know, question my parenting because you know what there's a lot of there's a lot of stories of kids killing themselves because they didn't feel like their their parents accepted them for who they are oh yeah man killing killing or running away dude that's where i'm getting to when i say it could have been different if i just had my father not my mother right i did have my mother so and like i i I stated before i was stated a hundred million times my mother did a heck of a job. 
but certain certain things she just couldn't she couldn't fulfill because she's not the man. She just a she's a woman. Yeah, you know. And but I'm glad I, I was raised by my mother because I learned a lot through my mother. You know, um, do I feel like I could have had a head start in life with my father there? Of course, but he wasn't there, so I, I have to find my way. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and I, I wasn't in any way trying to um discredit that because I, I think and it's funny again, like we've literally never spoken before, and who fucking knew an hour in it'd be like a therapy kind of session. Right. <laughs> Although it's kind of cool, it's just interesting how you can start to understand how things in your lives are connected to people who are never been in your lives, right? right. Yeah, so, definitely. but like it, it's it, it's really interesting to just think on how powerful that two parent household dynamic can be, and how yeah. advantageous to any child. Like yeah. it, it, it's almost like a it, fuck, man. You don't want to say like um like an equality issue but it can it it, it spans races genders oh, yeah. socioeconomic yeah. status man if you have a two-parent household that is almost a golden ticket to success yeah, in america definitely. and you know if you do a if you look at the like a research of how many kids don't have one or the other parent oh my goodness i'm talking about bunch of kids grow up without both one or the other yeah you know what i mean they either got their their dad or they got their moms not both yeah because their parents are always divorced or one just walked out yeah or or worst case scenario neither are there yeah god shout out to the grandparents who are now raising their kids man that's a fucking shout out to all those all those parents who actually uh, adopt, you know, adopts a kid, right? You know, who actually took a kid who are is not theirs, but made it theirs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Relatives. So shout out to those people because those are the real heroes in, in my eyes. Those are the people who I look up to and be like, wow, y'all did that. Well, you know, because they cared enough not only about the child but even about just society. I, and yeah. it's probably it's. They cared enough about society. They cared more about the child. Let, let, to, Correct. To be real, I, I don't want to put it that way, but to realize if I don't bring this kid in, they basically have no chance in society to be functional, let alone successful. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, that's that's um, it, it's funny with so much shit just going on right now. It mm-hmm. it can be very easy to forget about those kids in single to no parent households. And what kind of future they have, what kind of advice they're getting, what kind of choices exactly. are they having shaped with um, the people who have influence over them? Definitely, definitely. And, you know, uh, like like I said, you know, I, I'm glad where that I was raised by that, that women. And, you know, I'm actually envy. And, and I'm very jealous when I see people that has their parents both of their parents because I'm like, damn, man, I wish, I wish that was me. I don't have neither of my parents now. My mother, like I, like I said, at first she passed away already and my father was just, he's not been there. Right. So I do, it, it, it does sometimes saddens me, but at the end of the day, man, that's life. It's life. You know, I, I got to have my, be with my mother for 14 years because she died when I was 14. 
Oh my God, I didn't realize it was that early. Yeah, I, I was 14 years old when she passed away. So I, I've had to grow up basically by myself, you know, and I had to, I had to teach myself how to cook, how to right. clean, you know what I'm saying? Even though she, she showed me here and there, but I had to take it into full effect when she was dead, when she passed away. So what happened with all your siblings, man? Who'd you live with? So I, I was living with my sister. Uh, wow. Yeah, I was living with my older sister, but me and her, you know, of course, we all feeling the pain. We all feeling the the hurt. Yeah. So me and her, you know, we were at, you know, going after each other every day. <laughs> you know, we were we were both rebellious. You know what I mean? Um, well, of how... course, me being young, I was. You know, I, I was really, really rebellious. Well, yeah, but well, at 14, any 14-year-old boy feels like they're a 25-year-old man, right? right. Like, that's just with 14. How old was your sister at that time? Oh, man. Oh. I think she was like, I don't want to get her, her number off, but I think she was like. You could go around, because I'm just trying 20? to understand. I'm she sorry. was like 20. Oh, my God, dude. You go 20, from 21? a. You go from an early 20s childhood. I think she was a little younger. Yeah, fuck, man. I mean, think about We'll just say like graduating high school. You graduate high school and all of a sudden you got to deal with a fucking punk 14-year-old trying to act like a man, deal with his emotions. Yeah, definitely. Jesus, what a responsibility on that woman. Definitely, yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's another thing. She had to grow up herself you know yeah at that time she was uh with her her boyfriend you know and it just it it, it was rough it was rough because my attitude the way i would act it, it was just it wasn't there it shouldn't like is she and, trying you know, to at the end of the day today i think that made us even closer once she passed away our us as brothers and sisters we got so close yeah to the point where we got a group chat together. You know, we talk all the time. We always FaceTime each other. You know, we tell each other, I love you every day. Right. You know, because we know that tomorrow isn't promised. As cliche as, you know, that sounds, it's real. That's, that's real. You know what I mean? Tomorrow isn't promised. Was your mother's death unexpected or was she battling something for a while? So she had cancer, uh, oh, tumors. She had like tumors in her stomach and they, they operated her. She came back home for a week and then she had to go back to the hospital. And that was it, man. She, she passed away. Holy, like that quick, you discover the tumors. We're going to operate. And then a week later she passes. Oh, uh, she didn't pass immediately. So she went in, uh, they found the tumor, right? Right. They, she went in and, um, they operated on her. That was like around October. They operated on her. Mind you, her birthday is October 20. Mm. So she was in the hospital on her birthday. So they operated her. She came back around December, one week in December, went back to get reoperated because her, her uh, stitches was opening. Mm-hmm. So they had a reoperator. Uh, then she stayed there all the way to April 26. In the hospital. In the hospital. God. So basically from October to April, she was all in the hospital. Yeah. And she died in the hospital. And yeah. the whole time. And and I, I, I would imagine hearing how you speak about her. 
right. the whole time she's probably worried to death about her six kids. Definitely. Do you know Definitely. what I'm saying? Like, like doesn't even really care about her at that point. Just fucking worried to death about her six yeah. kids. And you know, it's crazy. Uh, cause my whole mother, my, the passing of my mother and the experience I have is like a whole different episode type of thing. But, uh, you know, us as, as kids, right, we wouldn't, we don't ever want to see our parents go through a lot of pain. 100%. You know what I'm saying? My, yeah. my mother went through a lot of pain to the point where she even forgot who was who. You know what I'm saying? Man. Uh, because of the pain, and they had to give her, like, medicine, like right. uh, morphine. Yeah, which makes so you loopy as shit. every time she felt pain, she had to click the button. It, it just kept, got to a point where she, it just, yeah. Um, it was bad. So that's something. No, I I mean to cut you off, man. I was just trying to connect in a way that that's something that really fucked me up with my grandmother when she went through dementia, right? Having to pay your respects and go there and reintroduce yourself, and having to under like having to not take it personally while you're going through so much pain yourself, because they can't help it. And then at the same time, you don't want to remember that. You want to remember. The, the the parent the grandparent that you knew right. and you know what's crazy you know what's crazy uh i just it, it's weird that you know you mentioning your grandma because i lost my grandma last month so i i've been through it man I, i've been through it as a kid till now i still go through it you know um no matter how successful i get in life no matter who i become down the road I'm, that everything is always gonna come with me, right? My grandma, I had a, I had a bad relationship with my grandma when I was younger because of my attitude of the way I was, right? To the point where my grandma didn't believe that I was gonna be somebody. Oh wow! Uh, because of that, no, yeah, yeah. And, and that's real. No, yeah, you yeah. Know, well, me I looking mean, back, me looking back at myself, I'm like, hey, shit, I don't blame her. Yeah, I fucking you deserved it. I, again, you go back to that 14 year old stereotypical. You yeah. don't have a father who put you in your place. You know, you're fucking right. feeling yourself. You're you, you feeling like you've grown, and like your grandmother's looking at you like, "Boy, I've been through life. You ain't shit." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and not to mention, my grandma, my grandma was Puerto Rican, uh, was Puerto Rican, right? Oh, she had, she had 18 kids. Jesus, yeah, she knew. Yeah, she knew. You know, back in the days, then they had TV, so they they had to do what they had to do what they had to do. But uh, <sighs> man, she. You know, she didn't. She didn't believe I was gonna be somebody. Yeah. But once, once I did what I had to do and um, took the right steps, instead of looking at me with with a face of disappointment, her eyes would lit up every time I come home. God, how good is that feeling? How good is that feeling right. of you? She just... used to cry. She used to cry and hug me and tell me, I- "I'm so proud of you." Yeah. And that's when you start noticing that it ain't about it ain't about the the how much money you have. It ain't about how successful you are. It's about your 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 story. It's about your story, man. It, it's about you turning something negative into positive. You know, you don't have to ha- you don't have to be a billionaire to be a hero in your neighborhood. Right. You don't have to own a million different franchises 
to be the 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 idol of a kid's uh, in a kid's life. Yeah, to have their you know respect. It's about your story. It's about you overcoming your fears, your 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 problems, your pain, your struggles, and and turning it into something that somebody can talk about, that somebody can relate to. That's what it's about. Right. So for me coming back home and my 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 grandma hugging me and telling me I'm so proud of you. That just not only did that make me feel good. But that showed me that anything is possible. What made her so proud? Like, what did you do or what had you overcome that um, so, gave her that response? Okay, so not not just losing my mother, right? Uh, because when I did lose my mother, everybody thought I was going to turn into this uh, basically like drug addict or whatnot. Because I was with the wrong crowd. Right. Um, in my life, you know, I, I was a person who I was popping pills, I was smoking, I was, oh, shit. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and Dude, that pill life I, from ever, and I, I have not dealt with that addiction or that environment, right. fortunately, but yeah. everybody I've spoken to about that pill life, that yeah. that is one of the hardest fucking worlds yeah. to get yeah. out of, man. And you know, I was pop, I was popping pills, man. It came. It came to a point I was popping like over the counter uh, pills. It, it's called cough and codeine. It's triple C's. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Um, I, no, but I think that's the reason why now you gotta like it. Like I, I remember like going to the supermarket and I forgot my ID and I'm fucking sick as hell with the flu and they're right. like, I can't sell this to you unless you go get your ID. Yeah. And I'm like, now, I used to get that for like that over the counter. I would go to right? to a Walgreens and buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would not even say nothing. Yeah. But you know, Triple C's, that actual pill was on the news because it, it was becoming an issue, not just where I was. It was actually becoming an issue throughout different states. No, yeah, na- nationally. You know? But but what's so the... I would, I, I would be taking pills. From there, I, I started taking ecstasy. Oh. So, it, it, yeah, so I started smoking, drinking. I would go to parties on pills. I'll be... In school, I would pop pills in school, be throughout my day, you know? So my mom had to get me from school because I had pills on it with me. It, it was it was a lot of things, man. Uh what are the pills doing for you, man? Like what are, man. are you are you just wanting to be numb? So are you just what, giggly man. with it? Like what's yeah, the so I say like this. As kids, like like I, I said at first, you know, influencers and people, they, they have a lot of influence in us, right? Mm. So I will follow trends, mm-hmm. the crowd, the the you know what I'm saying, what was cool at that point. Yeah. And but at the end of the day, if you look back at it, maybe it was also to cover my pain. Right. And what I, I really felt at that time. So for me, I you know, I went ahead and, and did what I had to do. You know, I was taking the pills, I was smoking, I was doing whatever. And you're at this, are you at this younger age? And I'm sorry to interrupt you, man, but my my head like works almost like in a, in a timeline way. Um, so like, and and like when I'm thinking 14, 13, that's like eighth grade, ninth grade type stuff, man. Is that the time frame? Yeah. 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 I I was, I was, man. Holy shit. Yeah. I was young. I was young. I'll tell you that much. I was young. I was taking, I was doing all that at a young age, um, with no, type of thought of okay 
there's going to be some consequences behind all this. Right. My mom didn't know I was doing pills, right? Um, I thought you said I she had to come I, pick you up. Yeah, not, I think at that point she probably would had an idea, but uh, I never told her personally. Like, yeah, I'm taking, I'm doing pills. Gotcha. I'm smoking. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I never told her personally, but you know, any mother they would know. Like, you know, there's something going on. Right. And it is what it is, right? But from there, when my mother passed, so my 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 family thought, okay, this man's gonna go crazy because I <laughs> remember I'm the youngest, so I was really tight with my my mom. I live with my mom, right? You know, so um, they was like, man, he's gonna go crazy. He's gonna he's already with a bad crowd. He's gonna he's gonna get worse. I even, it came to even a point where they thought I was even gonna graduate high school. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, like, honestly, if you go with statistics, if you're doing fucking, if you're doing that sort of drug load that early, yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I, I came to a point where through high school, you know, I would, I, you know, I would be fucked up, you know. Um, but as I, as I, got out that that lifestyle right as i started really thinking okay i can't live for me anymore i have to live for that woman who who raised me and by me doing all this i'm I'm basically putting a stain on her legacy and and that to be honest that's not talk man like i had a it it like it grew in me yeah yeah. well i mean like to become a positive person and understand like this is not the life i want to be have you know what i mean like i want to be and I want to live for not just me, for, but for my mom. Because I want people to look at me and say, yo, your mom raised you the right way. And you Not need- look at me and say, dang, your mom did a horrible job. Wow. Because then that's that's basically disrespecting my mother. A woman who worked her, her ass off to make sure I ate every day. Right. And I, I, I would be damned if I would let myself stain her 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 name that's you some know? real fucking serious awareness for a young teenage kid yeah and i you know i think everybody deals with their pain and their struggles differently um but at the end of the day you know i went i went ahead and i enlisted in the military i think that's when the self okay. the discipline and the the discipline and the, the structure came to my life when I got in the military. And that's when everybody see a, a, a difference because throughout my, my military career, I was independent. I was living by myself. Right. I, I was responsible. Uh, I, I did what I had to do. I got married. I had kids. I bought my house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So- I, I did so many things. And that's when I said, that's where my grandma realized like he changed. He's not, he's not like everybody else anymore, you know? And that's where you asked me why, what, what made her say, I'm so proud of you. That that's what made, made her so proud is that she's seen a change. She's seen that I left all that crap behind. I changed it into a positive uh, ending and I had to do what I had to do. Man, how'd you pass the drug test, man? 
So what was the strategy? Was it just so tons far, of water? So, did you did you live in the woods for a little bit? Was there some no, sort of know, GNC when, when cleaner? Going, when I was going to when I when I was enlisting in the military, I actually I think months before that I was already clean. I was clean. Oh really? Good for you, yeah, man. I was so I took it serious. So I wanted to change. And you know, at throughout the time that I was gonna I was thinking about enlisting, I I had people tell me, Oh, you're never gonna do it. You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna go nowhere. You're not gonna you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, at the at a point I kinda said, you know what? Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. I need to prove myself yeah, yeah. that I can do this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I went ahead and, and did it. What um what made you realize what was going on when you thought um military? So I, I just seen how nothing was changing in, in my life. You know what I'm saying? I was looking around and I was like, man, this is not where I want to be. I was, uh, my senior year in high school, I was living with my uncle. And I was like, damn, you know, I'm jumping from house to house all throughout my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm tired of this. Man. Yeah, right. I, I, need, I need a change, bro. I want to be stable. I want to I wanna have a life. I want to be independent. And that's where... The, the the step of going to the military went, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I I was in JROTC as well. I was about to ask, man. Were you a, yeah. were you in ROTC? Say it again. I said I was a, literally about to ask, were you in ROTC when you were, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. in school? I, I was in, I was in ROTC, and then from there, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I, I need a change. I need to do better, and I went ahead and enlisted. Everything else is history. Yeah, what branch did you go into? Navy. Oh man, you went Navy? Yeah. Why? Why would you go Navy? So so my first reaction was gonna go to Marines, right? Of course. So I went, I spoke to the Marines, they disqualified me. Because? I had tattoos. Oh. Yeah. From there I went to the army. And from the army you know, I was actually going to enlist in the Army, but at that time, I went from talking to the Navy, going to the Army. My date, all my information was with the Navy, and the Army seen that. And when I was going to swear in with the Army, I couldn't, because there was so much conflict with the the, the Department of the Navy, you know, because yeah. I was already in the process with the Navy, but I switched to the Army. Yeah, dude, those recruiters, like, they got yeah. quotas. They ain't giving yes. up that fucking number. Yes. Yeah, and dude. And from there, I said, you know what? Forget that. I'm just going to go back to the Navy. <laughs> so I decided to call the Navy, and next thing you know, I was I was shipping out. Jesus Christ, man. So, yeah. I mean, I think of that Navy. So, And it's funny, man, again, like how our – and it almost like reinforces with me like pathways or stereotypes right. because dude, I fucking went, I went army national guard and right. that, that, that was a life changer for me, man. I had to wait a year after high school. I mean, there was all sorts of shit that I was getting into from arrests. I actually was able to go to basic cause, um, I got arrested like a month or two before and the judge said, well, fuck man, if you're going to basic, that's worse than anything I could do for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, let, let me tell you. When I was in, when I swore in, yeah, I was still getting uh, pulled over. <laughs> I was getting tickets because of my speeding. Right. You know, like 
I'm a, I'm a speeding junkie. I, I like speeding. I like I like the adrenaline. Uh, right. Speed. But of course, I don't do it no more because you know I have kids and car seats and shit. I, I want to come back home. Yeah, safe, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. back in the day, man, forget that. I used to a hundred miles per hour. <laughs> you know, like I didn't care. But uh, yeah, I was still getting pulled over. Yeah, man. I reckless stuff. But you know, you grow out of that. You grow out of that. No, yeah, you can. But I'm I'm just thinking like I never in my life wanted to go Navy, man, because those. Them big ass, but like I always felt something about the army. At least I'm on land, and if shit got real bad, I could leave. Yeah. Like, like, like I'd be able to escape in some way. Fucking yeah, navy, nah. man. I just think of a boat, and you just out there for the good thing was, months. Yes, I was on a ship, but I wasn't on a carrier. That's those are the big ships, right? I wasn't on that. I was on a destroyer, which is the the small ships. Only have like three hundred people there. Okay. Um, and I was stationed in Hawaii. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I did two deployments out there and a bunch of underways, of course. Um, I only probably, I, I was probably at, at, on land for like a year out of those three and a half years I was there. The rest was basically at, at sea, you know? Yeah. I did two two deployments, you know? And, I, and then I was always out every time, you know? Uh, because what? our ship was one of the best ships. And the waterfront, so we're we'll always get chosen to go out. And but you know what? The military the military isn't bad. No, not at all, dude. I actually was able to travel throughout my career. I travel all throughout the world. You know, I've been able to go to Thailand, Singapore, all throughout South America. I I got to go to Brazil, you know, uh, I got to go to Guam, Diego Garcia. You know, I got to go to a lot of places in the world that I never got. I never thought in a million years I'll be there. South Korea, you know what I'm saying? It, it just is it, different. It's and, different. And are they giving you time to go explore these places, or are you just docking yeah, and yeah. you're staying? So when you pull it, so when you pull in to the port, uh, there's there's a schedule, right? The ship got a schedule, and you have et cetera days there. So they Depending on your department or your division, right? Uh, you'll be like, okay, you'll have the next three days off. Wow! So yeah, some mag- people can actually uh, do like overnight shifts and stay at a hotel. Right. You can stay there for two days. If you have duty on the third day, you have to come back on the third day. But right. You can be out there. Yeah. You know, we have time. We have time to go out there and explore. That makes sense. Because I guess the majority of the work, as far as hours working, really happens yeah. when you're on the water. Right, right, right. Yeah. Man. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's some ports that you're not even able to go nowhere. You have to stay on the ship because, you know, missing mission uh, essential. You have to stay in. There's, uh, you just can't go out. Security purposes and et cetera. But, yeah, man, um, I've, I've been able to – I was fortunate enough to, to travel a lot. A lot. So, what was your job? What'd you do for them? So, my prime. So, I came in as a PR, which is air crew survival equipment man. So, what they do is uh, do a lot of the parachutes, or you know, um, they can be like for the Navy SEALs. They can be for captains. They can be for anything, right? What do you mean parachutes, man? Like, w- like when when they f- splash in the ocean, you're like repacking no, like, them. You can do it. it all types of parachutes, right? 
Um, you know how the seals sometimes they come down from they they do like jumping from the the airplanes. Yeah. The parachutes we could be the ones doing it. But from there, I actually ended up uh, going cook route. So I, I was oh. a CS. I was doing cook. But being a cook, I actually got to do engineering. I got to do uh, logistics. So I, I wasn't just a cook. You know what I mean? I, I did all types of jobs in the Navy. So I know I'm like very versatile. Right. In different areas, you know what I mean? Because I got to do everything, uh, which I'm happy for, you know, because it gave me a different skills, different, you know, I, I was an asset for every, for, for the Navy, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, cooking had to be the best, right? Like, cooking's the best fucking yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no? It's okay if you no. say no. I mean, no, 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 not really. Uh, the hours <laughs> are shitty as hell. <laughs> but the experience and the people you meet, uh, throughout your military career is is one of a kind, man. You meet people that you truly care about. Right. Um, there's people that you gonna meet and they gonna go is life. But I met some of the the my best, I'll say my best friends, family in in the military. Yeah. So did you say that you met your wife and you got married so, with the military? Yeah, is that so why my, you didn't my, enlist or re-enlist? I actually, I actually met my wife in school. Oh, like high school? High school, yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Well, then, so, so then before we get into that, j- just so I can understand a little more about the military, why didn't you re-enlist? What led to no, you? I, uh... did. I did. I'm still currently in. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. I'm still currently in. I, I re-enlisted for one last tour. No so shit. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing one last tour and I'm done. I'm going back to Hawaii uh, to do my last tour. Yeah. When are you going there? Uh, it should be sometime next year. Holy shit, man. So you're still yeah. in, like you still get on boats and yeah. fucking float around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I don't cook anymore in okay. the uh, military per se. That's still my primary quote unquote, but I don't cook. Uh, I'm doing, I'm actually in the logistic world right now. Gotcha. And then when I go back to Hawaii, I won't be cooking either. I'm doing security out there. So yeah, I'm very, like I said, I, I've, I've been very versatile in my career. Like, I, I don't, you know, there's people that just are cooks and that's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. not, because I'm a person that I hate doing the same thing over and over again. Right. Yeah. The so monotony. I like to learn. Uh, I like to know different things. I, I, I need to know what I'm getting myself into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what about if we're, if shit hits the fan? Am I just a cook? <laughs> or am I going to be able to shoot the gun? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my mentality. So I got to do every single thing, you know, that I possibly could put my hands in on. You know, I did it. Why are you saying one more tour? Oh, uh, because that's going to be my last one. I just re-enlisted to do one last tour. No, yeah, I'm but, getting out. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Why? Why get out? Um, you know... There, there comes to a point where you get not tired, but yeah, tired of doing the, the being in, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, it just gets to a point where at the end of the day, you start realizing it just ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't for me. I had great experiences. I'm not going to lie. I have had some great experiences. I've been to a bunch of places, but that, that it ain't fulfilling anymore. Oh. You know? 
I want to be able to expand my horizon and, and do other things outside. I got, you know, goals in mind that being in the military, I'm not going to be able to achieve. You know what I'm saying? I, I got so many things in my plate that I want to be able to hit in a certain age. And if I'm in the military, I'm not going to be able to do. So because your freedoms are kind of limited with as far right, as your time. Correct. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. Man, so you're not, um, I'm assuming you're, you're not like any, are you anywhere near like the 20 years for the pension and all that? No, 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 no. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, right? So, man, that's, dude, that's got to be a little tough. I'm sure you've thought about that because I'm sure those motherfuckers in there talk about that all the time. Yeah, but let me tell you, let me tell you. So when I was two, because I was going to get out, right? I was going to get out. And then after my first concert, I was going to get out. And I was... I was actually in a road to interview with the Secret Service. What? And then, and then yeah. they saw the tattoos and you were fucked. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, so it was either Secret Service or law enforcement or do something, some, some different in the meantime, right? Uh, but, you know, the, the corona hit and oh. then they, they paused the interview. They paused a lot of, a lot of, you know, they kind of be basically paused. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I went ahead and re-enlisted. Oh man. So that's like wickedly recent that you just yeah, re-enlisted. Yeah, yeah. God. And how's your family like moving around and stuff like that? Well, we bought a house here uh, where we at right now. And, uh, but it, you know, my wife, my wife, she knew what she was getting into <laughs> when she got married with me, man. And she knew, you know, I was going to join anyway. So you know, we've been together for six years, married for three. Um, oh, four years, my bad. Married for four. Too late and, now, man. She already mad. Yeah, she 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 <laughs> knows she knows that the military you move a lot and stuff. But like I said, uh, not just me, but her herself. You know, she has goals and she has her her own thing she wants to do. So at the end of the day. I have to choose what's right for my family and me yeah. getting out after this last tour is the right thing, you know, at the moment. So, yeah, man, that's a uh, damn. But at the same time, if, if you're moving from Virginia to Hawaii for yeah. like a year, it's kind of hard to be salty about that. I would imagine. Oh, uh, not really. She not is. Really. She is a little upset about that. No, no, she's she's not upset. Yeah, that's what I was saying, man. Like it's oh, kind of yeah, hard yeah, to be it's kind of hard to be I salty that about that. I took that. I took that question differently. Yeah, but, no. Uh, no, 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 she's not upset. She, you know, like I say, she she knew what was gonna happen, and that's the that's the consequences to me reenlisting. I had to I had to go somewhere. Gotcha. Do you have anything that is um, whatever? Like you're pulling into port. Or some right. sort of weird, like, cultural thing you experienced that just blew your mind traveling to all these parts that still to this day kind of sticks with you? <laughs> Thailand, man. Really? Yeah, Thailand. Because? I can't get too deep into it. But... Stop, man. No, don't be that guy. You can't yeah, say no, Thailand and then not get too deep into it. That's more of an offline uh, conversation. Got you. Because uh, the uh, Bangkok is real? <laughs> It's crazy out there. It's crazy. The culture out there is is one of a kind, man. All right. It's one of a kind. So then tell me about the things you saw other individuals, not yourself, do. Right. 
and partake in that blew your mind? Because culturally, I, I I have no idea. I know what I've seen in movies, but I think yeah. they're primarily Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I don't even know if oh. I got current like Thailand movies in my head. No, you know, like, uh, for example, Hangover. I know you watch Hangover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, that when they're in Bangkok, etc., and just, like, it's crazy out there. Okay. No, yeah, so, but so that one just, actually. Just imagine that. Oh, come on. You got, I'll, I'm a little disappointed in you, man. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I was looking for some insider information of when these no, boys no, I get mean, off. I got the actual story. I got a lot. You know what I mean? But I, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I just don't want to talk about that. One. Oh, that's all right. There's I, a lot. There's a lot. It, to be honest, though, uh, Thailand is a place where anybody who's able to go should go. Really? Yeah. Because just it's that fucking different from America? It, it's so different. You know, and not just Thailand, but just overseas, like Singapore, uh, South Korea, you know, those places it's a whole different ballgame. Like, it's so different. South Korea is so clean. It's very clean. Uh, Singapore, you can't spit out there. Really? Yeah. They, their laws is different than what United States is. So, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the experience out there is it, so much, it, it, no matter where you go, if you go to Singapore, you go to South Korea, you go to Hong Kong, you go to Australia, you Everything's going to stick with you no matter what, because every port, every place is a different experience, a different laws, the way the people carry themselves. Gotcha. South Korea, for example, right? South Korea, when we went, they hate us. So they start, man, I never seen that in my whole entire life. I, I've seen a bunch of people outside with signs going, saying, go back to America and throwing stuff to on the to the bus. No shit. Yeah. That's something that I never experienced in my life. And it was as, as bad as it's going to sound, it was kind of cool to see it because I'm like, <laughs> Holy crap. Like this is real. You know what I'm saying? Cause you hear stories, right? You hear stories. You can watch movies all day, but experiencing the, the reality is, is something different. So y'all are on a bus. Why are you allowed out? Oh, because it's still a port. They, it's not like United States and South Korea is going at it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like anywhere in life. America, let's be real. In America, we have our own our own flaws that out here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you got people that hate other cultures. It's the same thing. You know, over there, some people don't like us. Some people do. It, it is what it is. It's life. You're going to like somebody, you're going to hate somebody. Yeah. Are, are you getting like all sorts of briefings from your higher ups when you're pulling into these ports as far as like yeah. cultural norms and, hey, man, you're going to get fucking locked up if you do this type shit? Um, definitely. You have to. Right? Okay. You have to. Yeah. God, that is a little trippy, man. Yeah. No, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like they're going to follow you. They follow you and try to, you know, harm you or nothing like that. It's nothing, nothing about that. Really? Just, you know, like I said, there's going to be people who don't protest. Some people who don't. Here in the United States, you got a bunch of people who protest. Some people who don't, you know. Yeah. It's a life. It's a life. But I'll tell you this, man. Uh, we're no different than what they are. 
right? And they're no different than us. Like, me being real, like, they're people, we're people. They do things, we do things. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just, it's, it's, like I said, it's life. So for them to do what they did, I'm not going to condemn them for that because it's like, okay, it is what it is. That's your point of view. We've done it here. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the, but why does, why are, or what are the South Korean people, if you know, protesting about the United States going over there? Um, I don't know. Man, I like, I, I just wonder about that. Like, yeah. what's the, um, what's the issue? Do they feel like they're self-sustaining? They don't need, like, do they feel like we're some big brother kind of protecting them? They don't need it. Do they feel we're somehow taken away from their resources? Right. Um, I mean, with that, with those, with that question, I can't really answer. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can't go too much in detail. But like I said, uh, everybody got their own point of views. Right. Now that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, tell me about these life goals that want you to, uh, is it de-enlist, un unenlist, not re-uplist? I don't even remember what it's called when you don't like re-sign. Uh, well, why I don't want to re-enlist or? Yeah, I guess it would be why you don't want to re-enlist. You had said you got some life goals. I'm assuming oh, it's right. about like your podcast stuff, maybe your book or yeah, 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 other right. stuff yeah, like I that. Got, yeah, uh, a lot goes with podcasts, my podcast, um, you know. Where being in the military, you know, you're constantly in and out, in and out, that it's kind of hard to be consistent. Right. So uh, we have a good following. We got a good audience. Uh, and my, uh, the stats, making sure that I'm engaging with my audience and stuff. Uh, and, I mean, we've grown. We've grown to uh, being having listeners in South Africa, Germany, Italy, France, uh Canada, just all over the world. Right. Which I never thought in a million years that was ever going to happen. Well, Uh, let me back you up a little bit, man. What's the podcast name? The Independent Hustle. Okay. And what's the, what's the premise or do you have a target audience kind of thing? Not, look, so my topics are more into like politics, entrepreneurships, uh, social issues, life experiences, Stuff that really impacts or that the audience can relate to. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not I'm not the type of guy who likes to go on the podcast and just talk about trees. What do <laughs> trees gotta do with anything? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I d I'm not that type of guy. Like I'm not just gonna talk about nonsense. It just don't make sense to me. When I talk when I talk on the podcast, when I'm on the podcast, I actually talk about real stuff. And I don't have a topic. I'll bring somebody in with knowledge of a certain uh, event that's going on, like gotcha. a social issue. For example, I just had uh, the CEO of Police Brutality Matters, Joseph Estep. I had him on my podcast, and we st- we talked about social issues, right? Right. So I, I, I'm more of a real-life situation type of podcast. You know what I mean? Like I, I like to talk about real stuff, not just nonsense. You know what I mean? Because to be honest, if you're not taking it serious, there's no point of doing it. That's true. You know, so for me, I, everybody I bring in, there's a purpose of bringing them in. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just bringing them in to have a conversation. I'm bringing them in for for us to 
not just to have a conversation, but for the audience to be informed and yeah. relate to our, our, our conversations. Uh, what got you into the podcast stuff, man? Like why, why not be a blogger? So I, so I, I tried that. Not working. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> the blog is not working. Uh, but I had the podcast for, for some years now. Uh, oh, but no I never took it serious. I, I really never took it serious. I, I was never on. I used it more as like if it was a radio show. Like I just put music on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, seriously? And, yeah. So I stopped. I, I forgot that I even had it for some years. And then just recently, actually, uh, last year, I took it serious because I told my homeboy, he was like, yeah, you know, uh, I, w- I was thinking about having a podcast. I'm like, sure, just, I got one. Just hop with me. Let's do one. <laughs> so from the, from the first episode on, man, it, it just, it was consistent. Like, we, we, we try to do as much as possible. Um and you know what's crazy about my podcast is we're unscripted. Right. Nothing that we talk about is scripted. Um, even when I have the, uh, how's it called, the guest on the podcast, yeah. I don't write no question down. Everything is through our conversational uh, flow. Right. So whatever comes in mind, that's what's going through. And, and I think that's why we've been so... To be, we we've been able to be successful in our podcast because everything is literally uncut, raw, like right there. Um, and I don't sugarcoat nothing, you know what I'm saying? And I don't let my guests to sugarcoat anything. I want everybody to be free and be able to speak. Oh, so if your guests said they had some really good stories about Bangkok and then they kind of went back on that, you wouldn't let them get away from it? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I'm just asking for context to yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, we can we can always do that, you know, on, on a different episode or whatnot, where we can get to it. But, uh, oh man, but, uh, I'm just saying to say, I, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but you know, I, I just like people being uh, to flow with the conversation. Yeah, I do for sure. But at the end, of get good content. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you want the audience to listen to it and be like, "Okay, that's some good content. That's that's some real stuff," you know. So that's that's what I'm focused on. Uh, also, uh, book. You know, what I mean, like I've been I've been writing consistently. I've been trying to write. I was gonna and, ask you, are you a? So I've spoken to a couple different authors, and it's funny right. where some people are like self-published, and they're like, I, "It was a fucking marathon to get through this book." And other people yeah. are like, no, nah, I turned out 300 pages in like a week and a half and it was fine. And you're, oh, like, it For just me, seems so, like a, a rainbow. You know what I'm right, saying? So my concept, all right, I'm not going to call myself an author because then I'm disrespecting the real authors. Okay? <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to say I'm an author yet at all because I'm still not done. I haven't published. I haven't seen the success as an author. Right. Right. Uh, but I am writing my book. Now, the concept of my book is a lot different than what you will ever see or notice of, of any book. So my book is called Chapters, right? That's the title that I'm going to have for my book. It's called Chapters. So it's basically running down different chapters of my life and different experiences. So, for example, I will write about my, my you know, my experience uh, with my mother. Right. You know, the, the passing of my mother, my experience. 
that will only be one page. Every chapter that I'm writing is just one page. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm writing it in a format where I'm telling you a lot, but in a short amount of words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a poem. It's like poems. Poems are written in just one page. They tell you a lot, but in small words. So that's how I'm doing it. I'm writing to I'm writing my experience plus giving you an advice of what I've learned throughout that experience in that chapter. So that's that's how my book is. How's so, that been going? Like, do you go, do you find, because when I think of life, I always think beginning, middle, end. Right. Are, are you writing in that process or are you just kind of like skipping no. around like a different right, emotion right, right. hits you at yeah, night so, and then you just like almost not journal, but journal it? Yes, yes, yes. So it's basically like a journal, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's like whatever comes to mind, be like, okay, I sit down one day, I'll be like, yo, I, I went through this. Okay, let me write about it. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So I'll write about it, but in a format where I'm telling you a story, advising you at the end, but just telling you all in a short amount of time. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like me personally, I hate reading a whole long ass chapter. <laughs> I hate it. All right. I hate, I hate having a 10 page chapter where I feel like there's no end to it. Huh. So I I want to give the people something short. But when they read it, they was like, wow, like, dang, I went through that. Right. That's how he got through it. Oh man, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a little that's inspirational. Awesome. It's almost like a toilet seat inspirational, right? Like right. you drop in a deuce and you're like, you know what, man, let me read yeah. a little bit and feel better about myself. Yeah. So mine is gonna have 30. So my plan is having 30 chapters. So it's 30 pages only. Oh man, yeah. I got yeah, you. 30 now. pages, 30 chapters, but every single chapter has a story to tell in a different way. So I'm putting a different spin to it of the way I'm thinking, the way I'm viewing it. And it, it just, it's a different format, man. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Uh, I don't, I'm not giving no dates because I don't know exactly when I'm going to uh, finish, right? Because everything takes time. Yeah, I was going to, um, is, is it that or do you feel you'll jinx yourself? At the same time, yeah, both. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to jinx it. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm not going to say I'm halfway, but I'm, you know, consistently writing. Yeah. Dude, that's, um, that, I, I don't know, man. I, I think... I might have one time in my early twenties tried to write like a, so I'm, I'm actually a reading specialist. So I'm a middle school reading teacher. So I'm into all sorts of like young adult literature and you know, you read enough books and all of a sudden you think you could be a fucking author until, until you sit down. And I don't even think that when I'm done with this and publish it, even if it's has, I'm, I'm hoping it has some success. Right. Um, I'm not even going to say I'm going to call myself an author after that. Yeah. That's not even because an author really put that's their life. They write. Well, that dude, that's I'm what I'm getting writer. at. Dude, that that's what I'm getting at. It's so hard to sit there and like these people that churn out novels after novels, series. Yes. The respect for those people to take thoughts, put them into words and have them published is fucking astronomical. Like like that, that that shit is Herculean. Yeah, it, it's a it, it's very different, man. Um, 
But you know, offline, I might, I might, I can read you something. You know, what I mean that I, I wrote, so you can kind of get a grasp of what I'm, I'm trying to say and how I'm writing it, the perspective of how I'm writing it. Yeah, that'd but, be interesting because, because the concept is kind of cool. If you look at like a one pager abstract yeah. where it's specific to my story, but at the same time general enough for people to understand the theme and take right. away and feel empowered as they finish. Yeah, and they and, and the 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 vibe that they get reading is like, damn, it's like I'm vividly showing you what I went through. Right. But without saying too much. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Are that's you gonna... my way of doing it. And I think that's uh it's a it's a different concept. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. To be honest, the idea came from nowhere. Well yeah, I was about to I, ask like why why are you writing it? So I'll tell you this. One day I started uh, writing, right? And I wrote about uh, my first writing was my mom, right? So I wanted just to write like a journal type of thing, right? right. You know how people write for their 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 kids. They write a journal for the kids. Yeah. And telling them, you know, me, I would just write. And when I wrote it and I read it afterwards, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like that's good like I, i'm not a writer but that came out good so i sent it to my brothers and stuff and my sister my sisters they wrote me back and they was like man i'm crying i cannot stop crying right i bet and from there from there i was like holy crap wait okay let me write something else so i started writing different things because every day i'm having some type of uh like a like an idea of like oh you know i went through this I can write it like this because this is how I went through it. And at the end, I'm going to advise you of how to overcome it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, dude, I'm with so, you on the concept. So I started, I started doing that. And so now, you know, I mean, my, my computer, I'm constantly there. You know, I just built my little office in my room. So I, I feel like I'm doing something in my life. You know what I'm saying? It's it's now, amazing the feeling like a legit business setup yeah, can give you. Right. Where you so feel I'm, like. I constantly, I sit down, I write quotes every day on my notepad. I'm constantly writing my own quotes in my head. Like I don't, I don't get where I, I get these words. Like the quote that I come up with, I, I don't even understand. I just write it down. And then I'm constantly writing, you know, uh, and I'm doing my podcast, you know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, man, I, I want to be, I want to leave a legacy to my kids for them to follow and for them to make it bigger. I want to have a business where they can run it afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and, and, and that's the thing. Everything, everything I do is going back to what we, we, we started talking to uh, at the beginning. Since I went through what I went through, I don't want them to go through it. So I want them to have a better life than what I had. Yeah. Well, you want to use it. You, you want to have it be something you want to have being gone through that made worthwhile for someone else. Right. At, so I'm, so at this point I'm just working towards that goal and me being in the military opened a lot of doors for me. You know what I'm saying? A yeah, lot of fucking life experiences for sure. Yeah. And a lot of opportunities that I don't want to continue to go about my years without taking an opportunity. And I, I've told myself, you know, uh, I'm no longer going to say I wish. Now, what comes out my mouth is I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Because right. we're too, for too long, we always telling ourselves, oh, I wish I could do this. Uh, 
I'm dreaming about doing this. No, 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 no. It's not the way life is is at now. The way the economy is at now. There's no there's no room for that. You know what I mean? If you want to go do something, go do it. Don't yeah. say you're gonna do it. Just do it. You remember? You remember back in the day, you get in a fight with your boys, and you'd be like, "Yo, ain't nothing but air and opportunity." Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but dude, like that that, it. that, 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 it's funny because you say that shit trying to like throw blows with someone, but at the same time, that's a great business mentality of right. ain't no fucking, ain't nothing but air and opportunity out there, man. That's it. Go that's, get it. You know how Jeff Bezos got um, rich or how he got successful? Not by just thinking about it. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think about, okay, uh, I don't know. This, this Amazon concept might be, might work. Let, let me just give it some time. Yeah. No, he went and go. Th- he did it. Could, could I garage. sell toilet paper and books? I don't know. Do people want to have products shipped to their house aside from books? <laughs> right. I don't know if and that look, makes sense. Look at <laughs> they basically taking UPS out of the out of business. They're taking FedEx out of business. Dude, it's like let's be real. You, you know, know what? It ain't about. It ain't about. It ain't about saying it. It's about doing it. And I might be late to the party on Amazon, um, but right. you know what fucked me up? I got a, what is it? Amazon Fire stick or whatever for the TV. Yeah. It's like Chromecast. When fucking Amazon got their own batteries for their own remotes, <laughs> think about that, dude. You're not fucking they're, buying Duracell, you right? And like putting them in your packages. You're not they're buying. Killing, they're killing the game. Dude, they, the they are like every single thing you consume. Not only will we bring it to you, but we are also going to actually produce. Yes. It's ownership, man. Ownership. That shit is it's mind-blowing. It's a whole different ballgame, man. It's a whole different yeah. ballgame. And that's the mentality people got to have is don't say you're going to do something. Because as much as you 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 think and you be like, oh, okay, well, next year, I'm going to go. I'm going to become a model. Uh Next, I'm going to hit a million dollars. Okay? Go do it. Yeah, what's the process? I yeah, can't I can't wait to run you, a marathon. But, but like, my, bitch will wake up question. and run. This is my question. Why are you waiting till next year? Yeah. Do it right now. Do it right now. You want to you wanna be a model? Start taking pictures. Start having somebody take pictures. Start putting your profile together. But make you sure you keep a shirt on and you're not doing it in just bra and yoga right, pants. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's my thing, right? That's my thing. It's like, don't just say you're going to do it. Just go ahead and do it. Because to be honest, success success comes from actions. Yeah, I will, right? 100%. Success don't come by words. Success comes by actions. Your actions defines your success. Your words define your lack of responsibility. I like that. And the birds are even chirping in the background when you said it. Yeah. Your words define yeah. your lack of responsibility. Yeah, because that – dude, how many times you've been around dudes that just – whatever, they get them drinks in them or even if they're just like sitting around politicking, bullshit and talking about what could have been, what they would have been, what they yeah. about to do. And you're like, man, you've been having these same fucking talks for days, weeks, months, <laughs> years. Years. <laughs> years. Yeah, no. I yeah. mean uh, it's real. That's real, man. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, uh, I'm I'm very happy where I'm I'm standing today because yeah. I'm constantly telling myself, hey, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm not just gonna say I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. So like this podcast, you know, I didn't say I'm gonna do. It. I I just went ahead and, and did it, and yeah. I'm having some good success to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. 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 Uh, 
the book, I didn't say I'm going to do it. I just, one day I started writing, and there you go. Now I'm writing a book. It, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Remember, remember, one thing I always tell, I, I tell my brothers, I tell my wife, I don't care about the rejection, right? I don't care about failing. I care about learning. So if I learn throughout my failures, that's going to make me even better down the road. Right. Because as I fail, I'm learning something. I'm learning what to not do and what to do to become successful. Yeah, well, because you know people, people would call that an investment or a reinvestment, right? Yes. So like the time 100%. and the money you've spent, you've been yep. able to now, like who's going to be able to take your experiences and your mind away from you, right? So 100%. That, that's, that's where a lot of people who are about that talk instead of about that action, they fail because yes. they let that fear of whatever, rejection, poor comments, yes. failure, um, stop them when it's like, dude, just fuck it. Like see what happens, man. And like get yeah. better. Do you, I, I'm wondering, do you watch the office at all? No, 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 no. I all never right. got to, I, I don't know. There's something about it. I can't even, you can't Yeah. really, what yeah. about the office? Can you not mess with? I don't know. It just, is it cultural? No, I just <laughs> feel like the, the humor, it just don't humor me. You know what I'm saying? Got you. Well, so to, to put an emphasis and the reason I brought it up is so the main character, Michael Scott early on is like a complete idiot, but he runs a paper company and somehow through his stupidity, he actually finds success. Well, he gets pissed at the company. He quits. Then he realizes he quit. He doesn't have a job and he's like, fuck, what am I going to do? So he opens up his own paper company and there's this point where he opened up, opens up the Michael Scott paper company and they're like, your company's failing. And he goes, I don't care. Then I'll open up the Michael Scott second paper company and then the third and then the fourth because that's the difference is yeah. I don't fear failure. <laughs> and like it was this pivotal moment where like he actually punks this larger business because they're too – they're so worried about failing. That's why they're yeah. messing with his little stupid new paper company and him. He's like, what if I go out of business? Guess what I'll do? I'll just start another business. Yeah, and, and that's how people need to – they need to look at it. Yeah. It's like, no matter how, how much you fail, you have to continue to go because some people take failure as, as an end. end. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I failed. I'm not good enough. No, it, it, it ain't about failing. It's about you learning from your failure. So that's how I look at everything. Right. Yeah. If I fail, that's fine. I'm happy. Don't, but I'm not going to take failure as uh, my, my, the end of my story. Yeah. You can't look, you can't, if you look at life like that. That's a prison, man. Dude, it's a prison. You're, you're in yeah. a prison. You're, you're, you're paralyzed by this fear of failure. Um, yeah. and it, it's a terrible place to be. It really is mentally, yeah. physically. All right, Anthony, Anthony, and you got to promise me I get a good story out of this. So thank yes. you for your two hours. But thank you, man. I'm going to assume, wait, you're not done yet. I'm going to assume you have not made it through one entire, I don't even know if you've actually listened to any of my podcasts, but that you've ever made it to the end of a podcast of mine. No, I haven't. Yes. So you have no idea what's coming. No. Good. This is how I end um, my podcasts. Let me get your best first for last we've saved the best first for last sponsored by abstinence waiting makes it worthwhile wow man you got me on the spotlight Dude, oh. and and that's part of why i do I it never thought, hey i never thought this was coming oh, i wasn't even thinking about that
I'm, oh, wow. anybody who anybody who actually makes it to the end of a and it's amazing because again these things go like two three hours and i'll post it all like they, yeah. and, and maybe unless they got like parents or real loved ones don't nobody make it through all these podcasts so like yeah. when you get guests on there they'll listen for a little bit just to get like the vibe and they're like oh cool i can fuck with this guy and they'll you know whatever they'll, they'll get on he's not trying to like set me up but i i have yet actually one person Kristen, um episode 29 she knew that i was hitting her with the best first for last and she came with a story everyone oh. else everyone else has been like oh my god yeah. well I, I i wow man oh you got me speechless here now i'll say this i'll say a little story a small story just a small story um so one day, one day, I, I was, I was small. I was about like seven, eight years old, and I was sitting down next to my uncle. They always said that kids should never interrupt, you know, grownups when yeah, they right? talk. When they talk. So my uncle was talking, and I ended up saying something. Oh. When I say I didn't see that hand coming. <laughs> <laughs> he popped me so hard in the mouth. He popped me hard to the point where I walked out. I was crying. And one thing he taught me from that was that you have to be very, you have to have that ear right there listening the whole time. And I'm not just talking about that moment, right? I'm not talking about that moment. That actually carried with me throughout my whole life till now. Because that made me very observant. Mm. By him popping me in the mouth and then later telling me, you have to, if nobody's talking to you, don't say nothing. You have to listen and, and learn when it's your time to talk. So that came. That right there might not be so significant, right? Oh, it sounds but, hella significant, though. Well, for me, it, it, it took me to a, a point now where I'm at today where when I sit down on the table in a meeting, I don't just talk. I observe because my I, I have to make sure who I'm with, my surrounding. I'm very observant who, who, who I'm talking to because... If I'm just talking and talking and talking and not getting to know who's that person in front of me, A, I might do a bad deal. <laughs> B, I might just have lost an opportunity. That's probably it right there, man. You talk yourself out of some shit if you don't shut the fuck up and listen. Right. And so for that, for there, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to just sit down, let the people speak. And when it's my turn, I talk. And I think that's what has helped me a lot too throughout my, my, my life, my career, and my success is because I've been very observant. And it's because of that thing. Was that the first time you remember actually, and I'll, I don't want to say beat, but like I remember the first time I was spanked by my father that's, before that's he left. That's the first time I got, I got hit hard. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because my mom didn't hit me. Yeah, yeah. Or wait, what, did she not, or did she try, and it just wasn't hard? No. So, 
Do you know what I'm saying? So us Puerto Ricans, right? So the Puerto Rican culture, you know, the mothers, the mothers, whatever they can get, they throw at you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll throw at you. So I remember one day I ran, I was running from her because I, I forgot what I did, but I was running to the room and she grabbed the shoe. I'm telling you, they're they're genius. They know how to throw it's like throwing a baseball. <laughs> they grabbed, she grabbed it from an angle. I don't even know. She couldn't even see me. She threw it and hit me. It actually hit me. It's like, it's so magical the way they do it. It's like, man. Uh, but no, nah, my mom, my mom really, she really put her hands on us. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's also another thing. That's why I don't believe in hitting my kids. Uh, I won't hit my kids now because I understand that my tone, the way I present myself, is a lot more effective than actually lending a hand. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it again, it, it almost cycles back, man. And it's funny when, like, themes emerge or whatever. But mm-hmm. that uncle smacking you, it, it's, <clears throat> that's that father figure role of, like, right. boy, if you want to be in these grown conversations understand how to act grown know you know right. your spot yeah you know dude that was awesome man you fucking ki- it took dude took you a little bit but you fucking yeah, came through man you killed it i didn't expect it man you got me off the yeah. out of nowhere with that one yeah well and, and again that that's kind of why um i don't know man like the more i think about the concept people have told me that like whatever when you're coordinating like the time the day the time slot um right. to give people a heads up but i feel like I don't know if it's gonna be no, no, no. fake. Way, Do you know what I'm saying? Like you just did that. The way you did it is probably one of the best, the best things ever. Because the thing is, you take people back to to like a memory that they might have forgotten. Right. You know, and by you taking them back, they might just realize, like, damn, oh crap. Cause this is why I'm like this. This is why I'm doing this. You know, dude, that's, that, that's the thing that gets me so interested is what they say. Will it connect to what they've been going on about or does their mind when they hear best first time you blank, does their mind jump somewhere else? And people are like, I can't believe my mind went here, but here's where it went. Bloom. And Um, I mean, I hope, I hope that was at least good enough. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, Hey, I, you know, I didn't have, Dude, I love it. Like no. I said, you caught me off guard with that. Dude, so. no. I, well, th- that, th- dude, it's you. It's where your mind went. And there is no yeah. wrong answer. Um, But I, I think that it, it, you come across with a lesson. And it's like, yeah. dude, that is a it, it's a real life thing where a child can learn. If you want to be involved, man, it's more important to listen than to speak a lot of times because yeah. it gives you time to think. It gives you time to plot, right. plan, and strategize. And yeah. if you're about that hustle, then you need to listen more than you need to speak. Right. At least initially, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, Anthony, man, thank you, dude. That was uh, almost two and a half hours of your time. I really appreciate you uh, setting that apart for uh, me and the audience to uh, get to know you. Uh, that's no problem, man. Hey, man, thank you for your service, too, by the way. Um, I that's, appreciate it. That's awesome that you're uh, out there and uh, protecting us, man, doing stuff to allow us to enjoy these freedoms, man. That's something that a lot of us um, should not forget, that when we uh, – when we assemble in protest, despite police trying to fucking take that away, um, right. there, there's military individuals, servicemen and women like you who uh, are fighting for our right to have that in America, man. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it, man. Anytime you need me. 
Yeah, and dude, good luck with your book, man. I appreciate it. All right, bye. Thanks to Anthony, who, the more I look at the spelling of his name, the more I become self-conscientious that I'm just not saying it right. Like, I'm kind of wondering if he was just being really polite and rolling with it. So if Anthony, if you make it this far in the pod, just let me know that I wasn't disrespecting you because I didn't mean to. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time. Thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the pod. Go to AndrePsyche.com for some trippy merch that's going to be worth checking out. And if you haven't already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The word of the pod, Googleplex. Do you remember that from sixth grade math? Googleplex. Post that word on any of our social media platforms or tag the pod while you use it on any of yours. You're going to get a shout out the next time we record. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of the Getting to Know You podcast, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. So just message us. Bye.